0: Thank you for tuning into this week's message. Here at Velocity, we love to hear about your life change. So if you have a story about how God has made a move in your life or impacted your life in any way, send an email to amen at findvelocity.org. We hope this message inspires you and builds your faith. Now let's lean in and enjoy the message. We've been in a series called This Is a Move and What we're learning together and what we've been learning over the last several weeks is how God's plan for our lives unfolds, how he moves us, wants to move us, take us from a moment to a movement, how he wants to take us from struggle into strength, how he wants to move us from glory to glory, from being hurt to being healed, from being fearful to being faithful. And we've been looking at this subject through the context of God's covenant relationship With his people. And we started by looking at Moses when he was renewing God's covenant with the Israelites in the plains of Moab, and they were about to step into the promised land. And if you're here last week, we looked at Paul and how he compared the new covenant that we have in Christ, uh, that's so much better, to the covenant that the Israelites had. And one of the things we learned is that uh, sometimes the things that keep us from moving forward are all the things that we try to hide and keep covered. But today, as we get into our message, I want us to go back to that scene on the plains of Moab, and we want to look at where God is speaking to his people through Moses, and he's encouraging them with his promise, but he's also challenging them in his response, and their response. And that's what a good sermon will do, by the way. A good sermon is going to encourage you and challenge you. Uh, a good sermon is going to wake you up to the fact that you've got some more to offer. Uh, a good sermon is, is going to help you realize that you should be moved to action. And, and with this, uh, we're going to see it in our text. So if you have your Bibles, you can go back to Deuteronomy chapter 30. And there's some more that we're going to learn from this passage today. If you remember, Moses is rallying the Israelites to choose. He's calling them to a choice. It's a choice of life and death. It's this choice to be faithful and obedient versus the compulsion of the culture that they were in. And I want us to look at this together in Deuteronomy chapter 30, starting in verse 11. And I'm reading from the message translation today, if you want to follow along. This is what it says. This commandment that I'm commanding you today, it isn't too much for you. It's not out of your reach. It's not on a high mountain. You don't have to get mountaineers to climb the peak and bring it down to your level and explain it before you can live it. It's not across the ocean. You don't have to send sailors out to get it, bring it back and then explain it before you can live it. No, this word, this command, this instruction, my plans for you, this word is right here and now. As near as the tongue in your mouth, and as near as the heart in your chest. And then, in this speech that that sounds like it's taken straight from a Nike commercial, (laughs) Moses ends it with just do it. Just do it. I want to use this passage to speak to you, though, from this subject, if you're taking notes, from there to here. From there to here. And God, I just ask that you would breathe on this word today, that, that you would do what only you can do in this moment, both for those online and here, Father, that this would be a now word for people. I thank you for it, and everybody who agrees with that can say amen. Hey, how many of you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? You guys remember that? Remember that? I, uh, I, I don't know, it seems like kind of a current theme at my house these days but my kids have been talking about their aspirations and um, even though truthfully it seems to change from day to day like there are a few common occurrences that, that always kind of make, make the rounds like my daughter Pippa I have four children if you don't know my youngest is my daughter Pippa um, like she wants to be a princess that is at the top of her list in fact this morning that's what she told me she's like dad I'm a princess and I'm gonna be a princess." And, you know, I mean, it's not impossible. It did work for Meghan Markle, so I don't want to rule it out. Uh, it is a long shot, but um, we'll, we'll pray for her. Um, Grant, he, he's my youngest son, Grant. Uh, I asked him what he wanted to be, and he told me, I, I want to be a pastor. And I gave him five bucks because that was a good answer. And, uh, you know, so I feel like I'm doing my part right as, as a parent and a dad in that moment. Reese, he's my oldest, he wants to be a YouTuber. And uh, you can subscribe and follow his channel, Zebur's channel. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping that works out for him. Oliver is my middle son. When I asked him, I said, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" He said, "I want to be rich." And uh, I'm not sure how to feel about that, honestly. Because on one hand, like I'm concerned about his motives, but on the other hand, like I'm thinking he can take care of mom and dad when he gets older. So um, it might not be all bad. But it's like Oliver, rich is not a profession. He's like, okay. So he remembered I gave Grant $5 said, I want to be a pastor. And, um, you know, it's crafty, that, that kid. But, you know, it's funny, like, the things we look to in the future when we're younger. And in some ways that desire, like, to be in a place where we're not at currently, it never leaves us. And I think, I mean, having a future, having a vision for the future is a good thing. I think you need to have a dream in your heart. Like, I think you need to have some goals that motivate you. I think you need to have a vision beyond where you're at currently. I mean, especially in this season. You need to be able to see beyond where you're at right now. I believe in this so much. Um, Earlier this month, my wife and I, it was our anniversary, and we booked a trip on our anniversary. We didn't take a trip on our anniversary. We booked a trip and um part i did that for a few reasons one uh i felt you know it was our anniversary can really go like where anywhere that we would normally go or do anything too much and honestly i didn't plan very well so i felt like i needed to kind of redeem the day so i'm like babe we're booking a trip um but the other reason i did it is because i was like hey, we need to have something to look forward to yeah. like you know in this moment where there, there's so much uncertainty and you don't know what each day is going to bring and, you know, like, am I going to be back at work or am I going to be doing Zoom calls or, you know, are my kids going to be in school or am I even going to have classes and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's good to have something to look forward to in the future. Also, I think that's one of my strengths as a leader is is casting vision and seeing a future beyond where we're at right now. But in studying this text, again, I wondered if maybe – it can be a little bit dangerous sometimes too. Because in this context of this long oration that Moses is giving to the children of Israel, he's talking to them about you know where they want to be and where they're going to be and what it's going to be like once they get there and all the things that they'll do and all the things that they'll need to do. And he's given all this, but I noticed a shift in his speech from focusing on there, to focusing on here. I, I don't know if you're like me, but, but sometimes th- that's a problem for me. Because, like, I want to get there. I, I'm, I'm looking at, at there, where, wherever there is. And, and I don't know where there is for you, but so many times I'm focused on there. And all it's going to take to get there. M- maybe you're there is, is getting married. Maybe you're there is, you know, finally getting your dream job, maybe you're there is just having a job. Um, maybe you're there is when you finally have kids. If you're a parent, you're there is when your kids finally go back to school, like that's that's you're there. But we're all focused on, on there. When can I get there? So much of our life is spent trying to get from here to there but I wanna shift that today. I wanna help us move in our mind from there To hear, And and the reason is because of something I saw in the text and I want to share with you, this is the first thing you might want to write down if you're taking notes, is that God's commands are not for tomorrow, they're for today. God's commands are not for tomorrow, they're, they're for today. Sometimes we can be so destination driven in our mind that we want to be anywhere except where we are. I mean, that's what I was thinking when I booked that trip on our anniversary. I was like, babe, I don't care where we go. I don't care what we do. We just gotta get somewhere. Like, like you know, we can drive to Colorado, except I know like you're not an outdoorsy kind of person. Uh, we could go to the beach, but we're not going to Florida. So I, I don't know, I don't care where we go. We're just gonna go somewhere. We're gonna put it on the calendar. We're, we're gonna get out of here. And you can get so destination driven in your mind that, that you miss out on, on what's here. You gotta keep in mind, That's exactly where the Israelites were in their minds. You see, what we're reading about Moses' uh, proclamation to them in Deuteronomy, this was the culmination of their wilderness wandering. Like they knew this season of their life was coming to an end. And for years now, all they've heard about is the promised land. When we get to the promised land, what it's going to be like in the promised land, how awesome it's going to be. And they had this vision of one day, this vision of someday when this vision far off in the future of once we get there. They had this vision that they began to become callous to God's commands. Yeah, I know there's a promised land. I know, like, it's gonna be awesome. I know there's some things that are gonna be different. I know there's some things that are gonna change, and I know there's some things that are gonna to have to change, but I'll worry about it once I get there. Like, I understand, I can't wait to be there, but I'm gonna wait until I get there. Once I get there, then I'll put these things into practice. But I want you to notice, God said to the Israelites, this is the commandment that I'm commanding you today. It's for today, not tomorrow, not once you get there. This is the commandment for today. And this isn't too much for you. This is in verse 11. It's not too much for you. This isn't out of your reach. In other words, I'm not telling you these things for once you get there. I'm telling you these things because you need them right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if we approach God's commands, God's instructions for our lives with the same attitude that the Israelites had. Like, man, I, I, know, I know I need community in my life, but I'll wait until things are back to normal. Like, like I, I know I should be using my gifts, but... I mean, you got to be honest, it's not convenient right now. I know God wants me to be a light to the people around me, but look, I'm barely holding it together myself. I don't feel like I can help anybody else. And it happens in so many different areas with being focused on getting there, that our focus on there, it keeps us from bringing our best to the job that we have right now. It keeps us from honoring God with the money that we have right now it it keeps us from making the most and being faithful and effective with the season that we're in right now and instead of showing up to the opportunities God has for us we end up hitting the snooze button because it is easier to just wait and the problem with this approach is that we never get there And we miss what God has for us right here. Man, I, I, as much as anybody, I I look forward to the future. Like I think about all the things that I wanna do and all the things that I wanna be and places that I I, I wanna go. But how can I trust God to watch over what's next if I'm putting off what I can do now? It's kinda like with my kids. I don't know. I, I got in this weird season with my kids, and I don't know if this is normal or if it's a bad parenting. I'm just being transparent with you right now, but my, my kids are in this phase where they're all about making money, and it started off really innocently because, um, like, they wanted to have they, they wanted me to buy something for them on the iPad or, or my like my iPad and my phone, but I let them use 24/7 they wanted me to buy something for them. And I was like, I'm not not gonna buy something for you. Like, this is not the way life works. Like, you you want it, like, this is the way, let me explain it to you, son, sons. Let let me explain it, Pippa, she gets what she wants, so she didn't have to work yet. But (laughs) I was like, let me explain it to you, kids. This is the way it works. You, you, You want something, you need to, like, work for it, and then you get paid, and then with your money, you can buy it. So." They were like, well, okay, well, how do, how do I get paid? Like, like what's, what's, what work can I do? And so, you know, I, I gave them a, a bunch of lists and different things, and we kind of settled. The first thing we settled on was they can clean my shoes. Yeah, they can clean my shoes because, you know, the heat on the feet has got to look sweet. So, um, so so having them clean my shoes. And really what that consisted of is, like, I cleaned my shoes, and they watched, but I showed them, you know, like how, how to do it. And, and it was great. So, so they, they cleaned my shoes and I cleaned my shoes and I paid them some of my money and then they were able to buy what they wanted and, and it was like a beautiful thing. And then the problem is they, they realized like, okay, I can get money for doing work. Now, they're always asking me, what can I do to earn money? What can I do to earn money? And can I clean your shoes? Can I massage your feet? Like I'm just saying, you know, whatever's gonna benefit me. I'm, I'm giving them this illicit stuff. But the problem is, it's like, if I ask them to do anything now, it's, will you pay me for this? Hey, clean, clean your room, will you pay me for this? No, set the table, will you pay me for this? Take out the trash, will you pay? No, there, there are some things in life you don't get paid, some things in life you just have to do because you were born into this family. But I'm trying to help them see that, that a lot of things that have value you don't reap immediate results with. A, a, a lot of things that are worthwhile, you, you don't just get a payday immediately. Like like there are some things that you will invest in for a long time before you ever reap the benefit of the return. Think about it like with your retirement, your 401k, whatever it is that you do, right? That's for your future, but you gotta be proactive now. And I, I, I wonder, if there's some areas of your life that you've put off because, well, you're not there yet. You, you put off because it's, it's way off in the future. And maybe in this season, God's not calling you to put it off, he's calling you to press in, because you're, you're here, you're, you're right here, right now. And, and here's what I've learned, is that if I will prioritize my present, God will be faithful with my future. If I'll prioritize my present, God will be faithful with my future. And I don't know what prioritizing your present looks like for you. Maybe for you, maybe it's going old school and scheduling some things. Scheduling the things that matter. Maybe you need to schedule some time with your spouse. Maybe you need to put it on the calendar that I'm gonna do this with my kids. Maybe you need to plan on attending. You need to schedule what's important. Write it down, put it on your fridge, pull out your phone, put it in your calendar. Maybe you need to schedule the things that matter. Maybe you need to automate the things that are important. You know, maybe if it's important to you, you need to make it automatic. If it's investing for your future, automate it. If it's bringing the first and best to God, You need to automate it. Automate those things that are important in your life. Maybe pressing in means deleting some apps on your phone right now, where where, where you are wasting time on stuff that is really not gonna help you in life. Maybe just need to, hey, for this season, I don't have time to that. I've I've gotta press into what God has for me. Now, maybe it's asking somebody for help. Maybe you need to reach out to our prayer team online, or if you're here, you need to, Fill out that connection card and and put your prayer request down and and be vulnerable and really let somebody know what's happening in your life. Maybe it means putting some blocking software on your phone or on your computer and giving all your passwords to a trusted friend or or leader in your life. I, I don't know what God is speaking to you about, but I do know this. You can't wait till tomorrow. God's commands are for you Today and if you'll prioritize your present, you can trust God to be faithful with your future. And I know for some of you that that might seem like it's really hard because right now there's so much transition and, and so much uncertainty and so much what ifs. I mean, maybe you're at a new school or or, or maybe you know you're you're a parent and your kid is going to a new school and it's not just the first time that your kid is leaving for college, now the problem is like you're trying to plan for college and contingencies with COVID and you've got all this going on or, or maybe you're new to town or you've moved recently and you know you need to connect but it's just it's not as easy as it used to be or it seems so challenging, you gotta work harder for it and I, I don't know all the things that have you in transition right now I don't know all the reasons why now is not convenient for you. But I want to encourage you that God can even meet you in transition. God can meet you right here, right now, wherever you're at. You see, sometimes we can be so, so destination driven, we can actually arrive at where we want to be and not even realize that, that we're there. So sometimes we can be so focused on getting there that when we actually get to that place we want to be, it doesn't feel like what we think it should feel like. And that was the case for Jacob. Jacob, I don't know if you know Jacob. Jacob was a guy in the Bible whose story goes all the way back to the beginning. And I know we're talking about Moses, but you got to understand before Moses renewed this promise with the Israelites, God gave this same promise to Jacob generations earlier. Jacob, if you don't know, I'll I'll tell you a little bit about him. Because, see, Jacob was this guy who was always grasping for what's next. Always grasping for something out in front of him. Uh, His story, if you know, he he had this twin brother. And the Bible tells us that when they were born, when they came out of the womb, Esau was born first. But Jacob came out grabbing his heel. And it was such a... Funny thing that they actually named him Jacob because of that's what his name meant, heel grabber. They're like, you are never gonna live this down. We're always gonna remind you of this. And from his first breath, he was always grasping for something in front of him, always grasping for what's next, always trying to reach beyond where he was. Now, personally, I gotta tell you, I like Jacob. I like Jacob for a few reasons. One, uh, Jacob is the youngest brother and I'm the youngest in my family. And in this story, Jacob, the youngest, gets all the good stuff. He gets the blessing. And uh, normally in this culture, like, the oldest would have got everything. Like, the oldest got the blessing, got the birthright. The the oldest got the inheritance and got the estate and and got got to do all of that. But Jacob was a crafty one. You see, there was this one time uh, where Esau, that's Jacob's twin brother, uh, he went out hunting. He was kind of... Like this Bear Grylls Duck Dynasty kind of guy, and he came back and he was so hungry uh, that that he says, "I'm so hungry, I could die." And Jacob was there, and he happened to be eating some chili, and he said, "Hey, well, I've got some food here, and tell you what, I'll give it to you. (laughs) I'll, I'll give it to you if you if you sell me your birthright." And Esau's like, "Well, what good is my birthright if I'm dead?" So so in the worst deal of human history, he, he sells his birthright for a bowl of beans. Now, let's not be so hard on Esau, okay, because we do that all the time. To satisfy a temporary moment of pleasure, we indulge in something and forsake the future that God has for us. So let, let's not be so hard on Esau. But that's not the only time. There was later on in his life that Uh, their father Isaac now Isaac is is old it's near the end of his life he's blind and he wants to bless his son Esau so Jacob's already got the birthright of firstborn but not the blessing he wants the blessing so he says hey go make me a meal so I can bless you Esau goes out to hunt and and while he's out hunting Jacob has this crazy scheme he he dresses up like Esau and Esau was this really hairy dude. He put like goat skin on his arms. That's crazy. It's like Chewbacca. And um, he, he makes this meal and his father can't see, doesn't know him. So he deceives his father. His father puts his hand on him, blesses Jacob. Esau comes back, hears about it. Now his fear says, mean, I'm gonna kill you. And that's where we pick up. I tell you all that just to get to what happens next. Because in Genesis 28, Jacob runs for his life. 28 verse 10 says, Jacob left Beersheba, and started toward Haran. Now this is an important verse because he left his home. He left the place he was comfortable. He left the place that he knew and he is headed there. Where? He's headed to his uncle Laban's house, this place that he's never been but he wants to go, this place where he'll be safe, this place where he can rest, this place where he can get a job, this place where he can be secure, this place where he can get married. He's, He's trying to get there. And then in verse 11, it says, at sunset he came to a certain place and camped there. Now, this isn't the place that he wanted to be. This is just a random place. The Bible doesn't even say the name of the place, a certain place. And maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you don't even know how to describe the season that you're in. Maybe you don't even know how to name this season. I mean, am I moving forward? Am I holding steady? You know, what, what am I supposed to be doing? I don't even know. Am I making progress? I can't tell. What do you even call this? Place didn't have a name. It says, he lay down to sleep, resting his head on a stone. And he dreamed that he saw a stairway reaching from earth to heaven with angels going up and coming down on it. And there was the Lord standing beside him. I'm the Lord, the God of Abraham and Isaac, he said. I will give to you and your descendants this land on which you're lying. It's the promise that Moses is renewing with the Israelites. They will be as numerous as the specks of the dust of the earth. They will extend their territory in all directions. And through you and your descendants, I'll bless all the nations. Remember, I'll be with you and protect you wherever you go. I'll bring you back to this land. I'll not leave you until I've done all that I've promised you. Now, this is cool. You, you got to see this. Because in this moment, <laughs> Jacob, he has a dream, right? He's he's got a vision. He's got a promise for the future. Uh, All these things about what what he wants when he gets there. He's got that. And in the very next verse, I want you to notice what he says. Verse 16 says, Jacob woke up and said, the Lord is here in this place. And I didn't know it. He wasn't in the place he wanted to be. (laughs) He wasn't in the place that he was trying to get to. He wasn't even in a place that he knew. He wasn't in the place that he left, but in the place that he was tired, in the place that he stopped, in, in the place that he thought he was just passing through, in a place of transition, Jacob was able to say, God is here. And that's what I want you to see, that, that God has a purpose and a plan for you right here, right now. You don't even know it. God God is speaking to some of you right now. I, I really felt strongly just to say before I got up here that, that for some of you, this is, this is a prophetic word for you, that if you would just plant yourself here, that, that God could grow you right here. That the the things that you're trying to make happen and you're chasing after and you're trying to go after and get to and bring here, if you would just plant yourself here, God can grow you here. God God can produce his purpose in your life here. We spend so much time trying to get there. There, where where my family drama is finally under control. There, where... I'm not struggling to pay my bills every week. There where I'm healed and I'm, I'm feeling better and I'm done with this dis- discomfort and disability. The, the, I wanna get there, the, this place where I don't feel that loss anymore. I wanna get there where my marriage is, is finally what I want it to be. I, I wanna get there. Once I get there, then I can rest. Once I get there, then I can take it easy. Once I get there, then I'll do better. Then I'll be able to do the things that I want to do. But God shows up in Jacob's life. He says, you want to get there, but I'm right here. Right here. Here's where my promise is for you. Here in this place. Right now. Here is where I can bless you. Here is where my purpose is. Here is where I want to engage with you. So you've got to move from from there. To hear the, the place where we say, "God, how can how can you use me now?" God, help me to rest now. God, what are the steps you want me to take today? Isn't that what Moses said? He, he said, "This word, this word is for you today." You, you don't have to get there. You don't have to reach for it. It's right here, here and now, as near as the tongue in your mouth, as near as the heart in your chest. Just engage. Just take a step. Just see this. See yourself doing something good in this season. See purpose in this valley. See fruitfulness in your life. I know some of you... you, you may be looking confused because, I mean, we said in this series, like, this is a move. And it's about where we're going. I mean, we say all the time, like, taking you from where you are to where God wants you to be. I mean, even the Israelites, they were like on the border of the promised land, this place that they wanted to get to. And I mean, aren't we like getting a building? Like, aren't we like supposed to be excited about that and all the things that God's gonna do in, in that season? And yes, that's true. But what I'm trying to show you is that we're not gonna wait until we get there. I wanna get started. Right here, I recognize that maybe for some of you like like here isn't where you want to be, and here is is where you need to see some changes like here maybe is is not a good place, maybe you really do need to envision a better future beyond where you're at right now, but the way you do that, the way you shift your focus from there to here is what there's the last thing you can write down is to stop trying and start training. Stop trying and start training. Here's what I mean. Instead of trying to get there, start training here. See, Some of you thought you were just waiting until you can get there. But this isn't a waiting room. This is a weight room. The, the, this, is, the, this is your training center. The, this is your season to get better. Think of it like, like a gym, right? I mean, nobody goes to the gym to perform. That's not... Well, okay, some of you do go to the gym to perform, right? We don't like you, but, but, but the gym is not to perform. The gym is for practice, right? The, the gym's not the destination. The, the gym is the place of preparation. But you don't get to the place you perform, you don't get to the platform without practice. We need to remember that like all of, all of the team here. You don't get to the platform without practice. <laughs> Maybe that's why Moses ended his speech with, with just do it, right? Maybe he had his Nikes on that day. He's like, hey, you, you need to understand that this here and now, this is to prepare you for what's there. This is a training season. This is a get better season. This, this is a shift in, in my mindset. I'm not waiting for if someday, one day, then when. I'm not waiting for that. I'm gonna get started right now. I'm gonna sow seeds right now. I'm gonna lean in right now. I'm gonna make connections right now. I'm gonna serve with what I have right now. I'm gonna be faithful right now. I'm gonna trust God right now. I'm gonna take steps right now. God's word is here, God's promise is here, God's presence is here. And I don't have to reach for it, I just have to respond to it. Thank you so much for joining us for this teaching at Velocity. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on more great messages, just like this one. If today's message impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others with the message of Jesus, go to findvelocity.org backslash give and you can partner with us financially. Thanks again for tuning in. Have an amazing week, Velocity, and remember, wherever you are, just keep moving forward.